Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Down in the Valley podcast and internet show. My name is Etzon Ochoa, and I'm one of the co-hosts, and it's great to be back. It has been a while. There was a the valley and the state of Texas in general went through very, very dire circumstances the last couple of days. Thankfully, we have left that we have left that past us. English is hard today. We have left that past us. And now it's and now it's time to where we can comfortably start talking more about the sport that we love and the and the team that we definitely love. How's it going, YouTube? How's it going, Facebook? We're back. Did you think did you think we'd leave you all to dry? Now we'll always be here for the Toros. And of course, I do want to let y'all know that our show is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves, as well as Icarus FC and Natural Beauty Spa. So if you're looking for some scarves, you know, for your supporters group, your team, or for a fundraiser, look no further than Roughneck Scarves. You see that scarf that's behind me? The Toros one? That's made by Roughneck Scarves. Really good quality. And I can I can definitely assure you that the quality is is great. So if you're looking for for scarves, be sure to give them a call or check out their website at roughneckscarves.com. They're the official scarf supplier of the USL, MLS, and NCAA. Also, are you tired of the same old uniform from Nike, Adidas, etc., etc., etc.? You want something custom for a youth club, Sunday league squad, uh, or even a professional team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. By the way, I actually have one. Uh, it was for the Search Supporters Group. Their first one, the black one. I definitely love it. So uh, it's very comfortable to wear in hot weather. And even though it's black and even in the sun, you don't really feel so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like it's not extremely hot where it's like uncomfortable to wear. So quality is there. Be sure to check them out. Acrosofc.com. Be sure to also check out Natural Beauty Spa if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for a facial, or you wanna you wanna make your your skin a little better. You wanna take care of your skin. Be sure to give Josefina Choa a call 956-648-8586, and she'll definitely take care of you. Because at Natural Beauty Spa, give your skin what it deserves. Anyway, after saying, uh, uh, after telling you all of this stuff, let's get right to it, guys. First of all, I do want to welcome back a member of the Down in the Valley podcast. He's been AWOL for a couple of episodes, but he's back, which definitely appreciated. We really, we really missed him. Our official photographer and, of course, close friend of ours. Cesar Cortez. Cesar, how's it going? 
You see that? The, the flag is back up. Yeah, we're, ma <laughs> we're matching flags. I don't know if you remember in a couple posts ago, back when Toros had that unmentionable season that I said, that's it, it's going down. The flag. Yes, I yeah, you you I remember that. I think we were, we we were recording an episode that I ended up not uh, uploading for some reason. You you did mention that because it was it was that bad. Yeah, but after hearing the news of the independence and the news of um, well, I'm not going to spoil anything yet. You know that we'll do that later in the show. But you know, after hearing the independence, I'm like, okay, it's time for it to go back up. So there <laughs> it is. So. Uh, guys, first of all, uh, let me know how the audio quality uh, is at this moment. Like I said, I hope you all like the new graphics that we are uh, trying to implement. And of course, I'm going to give a huge shout out to everybody on Facebook right now. Be sure to like this video if you guys uh, if you guys are enjoying this so far. Uh, be sure to also uh, subscribe to the channels and like us on Facebook if you all haven't done so. And of course, share the streams. Share the streams with everybody you know. All your friends that are from the Rio Grande Valley that go for the Toros, share them. Share it with your grandma. Share it with your dog. Wherever. On Facebook, Instagram, Tinder. Don't matter. TikTok. Farmers share only. Brought to you by FarmersOnly.com. There it is, everybody. But yeah, <laughs> share, it, share, it with, share it with everybody. Uh, we're here to learn more about the Toros. And of course, I do want to give a huge shout out to our Patreon supporters. Huge shout out to Gilbert Guajardo, Harry Austin, even though he's a San Antonio fan. But he is a huge supporter of the Down in the Valley podcast. Uh, to Gilbert Guajardo, uh, Harry Austin, Eddie De La Garza, my dad, Javier Ochoa, uh, Johnny Reese, and of course, Jeff Strong. Thank you all for your support. And uh, today was supposed to be the, uh, so what's going to happen is you go into Patreon and every month, like if you subscribe to our Patreon, uh, Patreon, you will, uh, you, you'll receive, depending on, on the tier that you choose, you can choose the $2 tier, uh, you can choose the $5 tier, and of course, uh, the Blame Edson tier, uh, uh, which is the $5, and the Rep the 956 for $9.56 every month, and you'll get exclusive uh, benefits for being a patron. One of the benefits for being a Patreon supporter is one show out of every month. All of the uh, patrons that uh, are part of the hashtag Blame Edson tier, the $5 one, and the Rep the 956 tier, the, the top one, uh, will uh, have a show where they can all come in into the Zoom chat and we start discussing uh, everything totals related, you know, news, they can ask questions live on the show while they're talking to us on via zoom, uh, on the podcast. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully so, some of these, uh, patron supporters will be coming in uh, as the show goes on. But in the meantime, um, Cesar and I, we will be kind of discussing the, um, the news that have been going on so far. So just a quick recap uh from last december if you guys missed any other episodes uh either episode one or episode two we are in episode three uh so anyway uh quick recap december 23rd 2020 rgvsc 
announced the restructuring of the partnership between the Houston Dynamo and RGVFC, or as we like to call it, the official declaration of independence from the Houston Dynamo. It was the long, it was something that we as a podcast, we as members of the podcast have been wanting for a long time. And yes, there's been backlash by a certain someone. Y'all know, y'all know who I'm talking about, right, Sean? Um, that have been very, uh, let's just say not nice about it. Uh, kind of been very, uh, sarcastic about everything that's been going on. Um, but, um, I see it the way I see it is there's a lot more potential for the Toros to grow being independent than being under than being under the dynamo. But we haven't heard from Cesar, you know, talking about that bit of news. So Cesar, what was your initial reaction when the team announced the independence? Um, I actually had a conversation a long time ago with my dad, who's not really not really a soccer fan. He's more of the you know NFL MLB kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, we had been talking about how the you know, as far as the team goes, the Toros have no infrastructure, you know, with the rules and the regulations that have been set by the Dynamo. And he said, oh, you know, unless they gain independence, you know, they're never going to succeed. But it's the Valley. It's never going to happen. Really? Come December. Come December. Look what's um, – I'm like, uh, Dad, ridiculous just happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way. That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and he you know, he ate his own words. So basically, is that okay? What are they going to do now? I'm like, <gasps> good question. <laughs> uh, you see, honestly, you say that jokingly, but that's how we were. It was one of those things where we never thought it was actually going to happen so soon, right? At, or so soon after getting uh, uh, Ron Patel as our president, I, th- I said maybe one more year, especially since Jeff Reuter, uh had uh, mentioned a couple of weeks before that announcement that the Houston Dynamo RGV relationship had been extended for one year uh, or at least had one more year of contract be- before it expired. And, and so I, when that announcement was made, I was actually on uh, getting some stuff from the store. I was heading over to the store, and I saw that announcement. I was like, "Wait, what?" Like it caught me off guard. Like if you guys go back to my Twitter account on the down in the valley, like I was like I recorded my my reaction, like uh, my thoughts about it, like right in the car. I was I was in the car. Obviously, I was parked. I was like, I'm not going to be recording in traffic. Uh, but I I parked in front of the store and I just recorded, you know, my thoughts about it. That's how, uh, that's how much I was caught off guard uh, about this bit of news. Um, but you know, we got that. So happy about it. But questions arose, like you mentioned, where are we going to go from here? Is Alonso Cantu going to spend the money to make this team competitive. Now, Rob Patel in the press conference uh, after the announcement did mention, and we played it on episode one, he did mention that 
Alonso Gato was determined to spend any amount of money necessary to make the Toros competitive. And so then that was that. Uh, but what other, were there any other questions that you had regarding to that besides the, the money? Mm, I know one question that arose was, okay, as far as money goes, maybe, you know, I mean, Alonso Cantu had invested so much of his own money into building the stadium, you know, trying to get, you know, built from the ground up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. My, my, uh, my question was, okay, so now that they have the independence, where is the talents going to come from now? Mm-hmm. Considering that Houston had complete control over who got to say who got to stay and who got to go and you know more or less who they brought onto the team both the USL squad and the MLS squad as far as the academy uh, as well so that was my next that was going to be my next question okay where they're going to get the players from mm-hmm. and that was definitely a good question because uh part of the agreements for this arrangement was going to be that now the, the Toros would be controlling the technical aspect of the team rather than the dynamo controlling which players will, uh, will be coming and going and determining the roster. So the Houston Dynamo has obviously their Houston Dynamo Academy. They've got the MLS Super Draft where they can grab players and uh, they would technically loan them down to RGVFC. Uh, But now with the Toros, you have a club that didn't have any scouts, did not have a a sporting director. A couple of days before the announcement, fired Jerson Echeverria for the head coaching job. So you had nothing. You had nothing in the club. And the announcement was made in December where teams were already starting to making some offseason moves. January comes in, we still have no head coach. And so we started getting a little bit uh, impatient. We started to get a little bit desperate. It was like, well, you know, you've got, you've got other players making a lot of moves and really good moves. Uh, some really good players uh, from the USL. I think you even had, you even had Louisville city already starting their preseason training. And we only had three players on our roster, Campbell Cavato, Kyle Edwards, and Juan Carlos Azoka. So time goes by and still nothing, still nothing, still nothing, still nothing. Two weeks ago, they finally announced the head coach, Wilmer Cabrera. Wilmer Cabrera will be our head, not only our head coach, but also sporting director of the team. That caught me off guard completely. I mean, we had discussed uh, possible candidates. I believe it was in episode one on who we thought was rumored to come back. I know there was one who had coached Tigres for a while. Reynaldo, Sique- Reynaldo Siqueira. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was, a, he was he the, uh, yeah, he was the, uh, the coach uh, that was postulated by the other show. Mm-hmm. And remind me again, when did Houston let go of Cabrera? Cabrera was let go in 2019. Okay. The end of 2019. Okay. 
So this happened way before the uh, the, the renegotiation of the partnership and when the independence was yes uh, given so, to the Toros. Yeah. So Wilmer Cabrera was let go in nineteen. Uh, the Dynamo gave the reins to I think it was Wade Barrett. Wait, yeah, it was Wade Barrett, and then they announced Tab Ramos in the beginning of 2020. I think I have the timeline right. I think so. Yeah. And it's I don't I don't know if this is irony or pure coincidence, but that same topic was brought up with my dad uh, with uh, the independence. I'm like, hey, if they if they brought this guy back, who knows what they're gonna you know accomplish because he took them to second place overall in the Western Conference, got them into the playoffs their first year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so who's to say that if they'll come back or not? And again, oh, it'll never happen. Uh, ridiculous part two called. Right? So yeah. it seems like so far the Toros are two and two on achieving what was thought impossible for you. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so anyway, so they announced Wilmer Cabrera, right? Um, one of the interesting aspects was the motto that the team used to present Wilmer Cabrera, unfinished business. Brenda Gonzalez, we give a huge shout out to uh, from Univision Deportes uh, uh, from Channel 48. Um, asked, you know, Wilmer Cabrera about that. Like, why unfinished business? He mentions, and he recalls back to the 2016 season, where the Toros made it to second place in the Western Conference. They make it to the playoffs, only to bow, bow out in the first round against OKC Energy and stoppage time. He says to him, after all these years, it still hurts him. And he felt like he had something to prove to the people of the Rio Grande Valley. Now, personally to me, I I enjoyed what Wilmer Cabrera did with the Toros. I definitely did not enjoy what he did to the Toros when he was the Dynamo head coach. Whether it was him or whether it was Matt Jordan... At the end of the day, after Wilmer leaves the Toros to go to the first team, in my eyes, in my eyes, the Dynamo held back the potential or everything that was being built by Wilmer Cabrera in 2016. They signed a lot of players from the 2016 roster to the Dynamo first team. They never played him in, in Houston. But yet, they were never loaned back to RGVC so they could continue getting some playing time. Which is, I thought, you know, the whole point of having, being the affiliate for the Houston Dynamo. And obviously I'm talking about players like George Malky, Charlie Ward, Eric Bird. Uh, so, there is that. Also, as I did men- as I did mention, you know, before, the way that Wilmer kind of 
presented himself, and I know I talked about it on Ray's podcast that came out uh, on 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 Monday uh, for South Texas Border Sports. Uh, one of the things that I did mention was when Wilmer Cabrera was the Houston Dynamo head coach. Um, he especially at the end, especially at the end of his tenure with the Dynamo, he threw the his players under the bus multiple times. And I'm talking about, I remember one time, I don't remember who they played. I, I don't know if it was Minnesota United. But I was there at the press con- the, the press conference after the Dynamo game. And, you know, the Dynamo had lost that game. And he went on to say that uh, his defensive line was, or that traffic cones could would have defended better than his Dynamo, than his Dynamo back line. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he was being honest. That defense was horrible. But look at it in the in the viewpoint of a player. And there were rumors that he was starting to lose the 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 locker room during that time. And you add to the fact that he just publicly shamed you in front of the in front of the press publicly, saying that cone or, or the traffic you're comparing you to traffic cones, and that's and both of, orange. That's not. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Oh man! Remember, I... I'm only a Dynamo fan by proxy because of the partnership. Oh, even not anymore, man. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, my friend. But anyway, he went us to say, like I said, it might have been true, but you look at it in the viewpoint of the player, you're getting embarrassed publicly by your coach in front of the in front of the. Um, the press sure i'm more than it's more than likely that they lost any little respect that they had for Wilmer Cabrera uh at that moment so at the end he gets fired from um the Houston Dynamo head coaching job and he goes to uh Club de Foot Montreal formerly known as Montreal Impact wins the Canadian Cup uh over there and now after being like Jorge just mentioned Wilmer was at the Madrid's youth system. Not sure if you mean, I'm not sure about if if he means Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid, you know, but he was over there, you know, in their youth system, if what Jorge Pedraza uh, says is correct. And so now he's announced as uh, the head coach here for the Toros. I want to hear your thoughts about this. Well, I know he, he was brought on late. No, no. Wasn't he brought on late? It was mid-season, no? With or was dy- he brought on with the Dynamo? So when he got the Dynamo... started the season. When he got the Dynamo coaching job? Yeah. No, he, he came in at the beginning of the 2017 okay, season. Okay, okay. Okay, that's what I remember. But I never saw the press conferences uh, personally. But what I did see was a lot of backlash on Twitter about him not even wanting to attend the press conferences and that actually I think somebody brought it up in the chat. Yeah, yeah, Jorge. He says there are stories yeah. there are stories that Wilmer really hated doing press conferences to try to get out of it, but it is required to attend them. Yeah, the I'm just here so I won't get fined kind of thing. Y'all yeah, remember that? Well, yeah, Marshall Lynch. <laughs> and and Marshall Lynch and Cal Bush did that. <laughs> <laughs> Later. If you guys are NASCAR fans, I'm sure you'll get the reference. By the way, <laughs> I hate that guy with all my passion. 
Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. It's not not one of my top tens. Not even top twenties. Carl Edwards, anyway. please come back. I was like Jimmy Johnson the best. Oh my god. But that's a different that's a different uh sport there. <laughs> um but yeah, go, going back to um going back to that. And it just me personally, it felt honestly like just rubbing salt into the wound of the RGVFC fans signing him on as the head coach considering what he had did the first season only to have him just taken away from us the, mm-hmm. the exact, the next season and saying, okay, he's our head coach. Now we'll give y'all not, uh, who did we have by then? I know that was, it was Echeverry, right? No. By junior, then no, it was junior. junior there we go. Junior Gonzalez. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how it felt to me. And I can assure you that a lot of people felt the same way after they heard the news of um the Dynamo bringing him on as the, the head coach for the for the Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so in 2017 he gets hired uh, for the Dynamo uh, coaching job. He makes it all the way to the Western Conference Final where he loses to Seattle Sounders, and which is really not that bad. You know, it was it was a great run for a very limited team, a team that. Uh, had it was the beginnings of the 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 rise of Mauro Manotas, brought in Albert Feliz from Rayados in Monterrey. It's like it's something completely different that MLS teams didn't just didn't uh, weren't expect weren't expecting or they weren't used to playing a counterattacking, you know, uh, very speedy offense uh, by the Houston Dynamo. But as the, as the seasons progress, once you got into 2018 and 2019, um, I felt like MLS players or MLS teams started to get the hang of it, uh, of the Houston Dynamo's offense under Wilmer Cabrera. They were able to counter the Houston Dynamo's counterattacks, you know, have your defensive line back. Not be not be close to the midfield, not give Albert Lee space to run. They knew that Albert Lee was limited when it came to shooting for the most part. Uh, you know, double or sometimes triple teaming Albert Lee to make sure, like, if he got past one. So that was limiting the Houston Dynamo. And because, and also, it seemed like Wilmer Cabrera kind of like was holding to his guns. And the fact, like, he wasn't adapting to how the MLS, other MLS teams were adapting to his play style. And so the Dynamo kind of felt into, fell into a rut. Uh, players, former players have been, some have been vocal. I know we're talking about Jaleel Onibaba and Chris Duvall, who went on the BSI uh, podcast. I think it was a Benny Fellhaber uh it's a, it's a podcast that's hosted by three former uh, MLS players. And they talked about how they don't really like Wilmer Cabrera. So, you know, but on the upside, you look at you look at what he did with the Toros in, back in 2016. And it, it really gives you kind of hope that at least it's something different. Right? And 
I think it'll be interesting to see how he can build this roster, taking into consideration that um, Albert Elise and a couple of other players, uh, they were scouted by Wilmer's experience rather than Matt Jordan. And so I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt when it comes to building the squad. But I guess we'll we'll see. We'll see what gets announced. Yeah, not to mention that another good question that was brought up was other than where they're going to get the players, where are they going to get the scouts to look for players too? Which ties into what we were talking about right now. Yeah, that I mean that's a that's a really good question that I think um I think should should be asked uh to coach Wilmer or maybe even Ron Patel, you know. I know Ron's gonna give uh Wilmer Cabrera free reign over building this roster. Uh he has a lot of trust in Wilmer Cabrera's uh experience. Uh, but it is it is a good question. Like, where his uh, is it? Where his where his scouts coming from? Are they from Colombia? Are they from the United States? I mean, you got to keep in mind that Wilmer Cabrera was part of the U.S. Youth National System as well, just like Tap Ramos, you know. So he kind of has has like a, an eye for former players that were part of the youth system. Um, he's also got ties in South America, you know, back. In 2016, you had players like Yair Alboleda. You've had uh, uh, este Juan David Cabezas. Uh, and other South American players come in, into uh, the Houston Dynamo, you know. So there, I think we'll, we'll see something really interesting going on, uh, going on. And, you know, so far, I mean, we are at... Uh, February 25th and we've only so right now we've only got uh one signing so far uh, which was announced today um which is why we're doing the podcast today it's in our title for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty pretty much um honestly I was expecting a little bit more but before we go into that um I do want to go into the chats both Facebook live and on YouTube and uh, I want to give, uh, I want to see uh, what they are writing about. By the way, <laughs> so I want to give a huge shout out, obviously, to Jorge Pedraza. We got Harry Austin. Uh, come on, Harry, join us. Join us on the chat. I mean, join us, uh, join us on the Zoom, man. You are a patron after all. Uh, I do want to, I, I would love to, I would love to hear his point of, his point of view as a San Antonio fan. I'm pretty sure he's trembling right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's too early, too early to say that stuff. Um, we got Mike Reyes from the Stampede. He says, "I'm here. What's up at San Puro Pinche down in the valley? I really need a hey. What is it? The uh, I no, it's not an eye rig. Uh, the Go XLR with the with their little sensor button. Beep. Um." <laughs> Gilbert Guajardo says, I got to get back to work, but have a good show, guys. Uh, definitely, Gilbert, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, we can have you for the uh, Patreon show for next month. 
Um, and we've got Johnny, the El Presidente as well. Hopefully he'll uh, come on later on too. I knew he was going to be a little bit busy. Uh, so hopefully he can come, he come on, even if it's for like the last 15, 20 minutes. Uh, he's, let's see what else. He says, did my exam as soon as I got off work to watch this. Johnny, if you're done, hop on, man. I sent you, uh, I, I, I sent you the, uh, the Zoom link uh, to your uh, Patreon. It's on uh, direct message in Patreon. So you can grab it there. Uh, I called it and didn't think the answer was about that, but I guessed right. All uh, right, what else? Who else we got? Jorge says Wilmer Cabrera Jr. coming back. Watch. I've been told I've been told he was probably staying at Butler, but I guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully, his time at, at NCAA collegiate soccer uh, kind of helped him uh, develop. Uh, into so that he could be better prepared for the pro stages, especially in USL Championship. Mm. Harry, no, no, Kyle Bush is a winner. Jorge is, uh, he's a good racer. Uh, Johnny Reese is the most hated coach in RGV Junior. LOL. That's true, Jorge. Wilmer won the Open Cup as well in, back in 2018. Uh, Rafael Soto, saludos. Edson Javier Ochoa Vega, saludos, Rafita. Uh, Santos says, hello, people. And then Jorge comes with, with, the, uh, with the scoop. He says, Juan David might come back. To the Dynamo or to the Toros? I know there's a big... Um... Englishman fan favorite that's everybody's hoping to come back. That would honestly be the three for three of the things that I didn't think was going to happen. Are you going to say it or are you, or you not, or you don't want to jinx it? I'm not going to jinx it, but I think we all know who, who we're talking about. Well, it definitely cannot be Charlie Ward because he just uh, renewed with OKC. I know at the time he was a free agent, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But the, yeah, but he read he renewed with uh, OKC Energy. Uh, so if that was it, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, well, two two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know. Um, Michael said Ron said he would like the new coach to be involved with the fans and the community. How do you see that happening? I don't know. Me, I think that would be uh why not come on here? I mean, this is a podcast by fans, you know, for the fans. The unofficial news source, if you will. That would be community driven. I definitely agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. However, Wilmer Cabrera, from what I saw with Houston, he really isn't <clears throat> that big about which is one of the questions that I had also with the signing of Wilmer was because, so Ron mentioned that he said that he wanted the new coach to be very active in the community and so on and so forth. And you look at Wilmer from the outside looking in is like, oh, like he really wasn't a big fan about public appearances for him or for his players. So, I like what Michael had said. Wilmer is no Gerson. That is very true because you, you with Gerson Echeverry, 
he was very active about reaching out to us, reaching out to all of the media, being very transparent about what he could, what he could, given the limitations that the Dynamo give him. Obviously, he couldn't spill the beans about everything, but whatever he could tell us, he would tell us, right? And we and everything he told us, we tried to relay to you, not as saying it's absolute truth, but kind of get his point of view. Um, he was very active in, when the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic began and the USL season was paused for a long time. Um, the Stampede did, uh, the Stampede did happy hour every Friday. Jerson was, uh, was with the Stampede almost every week of those Stampede happy hours, just chatting, you know, uh, talking about, you know, about the team, what the plans were, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like he was very active with, with the, with the fans. He loves the Valley. You know, he says he, when he when we last when he had our last interview with him he mentioned that him and his family love the Rio Grande Valley and so he was he was somebody that was open to being involved with with the community uh and as well as some of the players you had Castellanos uh Robert Coronado would also hop on Timo Melich you know, would also hop on, you know, and, and interact uh, with the fans. And I expect to see a lot more of those kind of players that when they go and talk to fans, when they go and do virtual meets or even in-person meets, hopefully once the pandemic ends, uh, that they go because they want to, not because they're forced to, if you know what I, if you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because... Very more often than not, you can tell when somebody's there just to be there instead of, you know, being there because they loved and they want to interact with the fans. And that's what we want from 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 the from the players and, and as well as the coach. Wilmer oh, there's a big question mark about that. And but we'll see. We'll we'll see we'll see how uh how he interacts with the fans. If he shuts my mouth I will be very, very happy if he actually acts, you know, how Ron Patel would like for him to be with, with, with the community. But I guess time will tell. Will that be one of your uh, the least likely to happen on the list, like with mine? Mm-hmm. By the way, milkshake. So good. And uh natural that H E B lemon lime. You can't get you can't get anything better than that, man. I remember are they still fifty cents, those bottles? Because I know I they used so. to be... like ninety eight cents. We got the six pack. Because mm-hmm. I know when you go into into the registers and they have them on the cooler. I think they were like 50 cents per bottle, uh, which is really great. A really great price. I would always buy those when I worked at HEB and at my break, I would always buy those because it was so cheap, but it was also so refreshing at the same time. Uh, but anyway, we are starting to Jorge, Jorge, no, not sponsored. <laughs> I just shop there a lot. 
so Johnny, uh, Johnny says, Alex, we'll get to that in a little bit. He wants the, the, we'll talk about the, the Tyler Derrick signing just right now. Just be a little bit patient. Uh, let's just finish this. Um, so Jorge says, good luck with Wilmer. He hates the media. Oof. I have an anecdote and I've talked about it on the show before, but I don't know if you had heard, if you had heard it, uh, Cesar, but this was before you and Jacob and Ray were involved with down in the Valley. This was in the back in the beginnings of it. I think it was 2018 season, uh, 2018 off, uh, preseason. Um, the Houston Dynamo come and play the Toros at HV Park. And so after the game, you know, there's a typical press conference, right? You know, where they, the media comes in and asks, you know, about the Houston Dynamo, what he saw, yada, yada, yada. So I go and ask him about the 2017 season for the Toros. And, you know, I tell him, look, the the Toros, after you left, uh, had a bad season. You know, they didn't make it to playoffs. They really faltered in the second half of the season. And so I asked him, now that you're the Dynamo head coach, what are the steps that you're going to take to make sure that this failure, or yeah, this failure doesn't happen again. He looks at it like he was happy, and then like as soon as I asked him that question, like his whole face changed to like anger. He looks at me and he says, "What do you mean a failure? We signed five players from the Toros to the Houston Dynamo first team, but like pissed, like super pissed." I was like, okay, okay. And then, you know, I met uh, here in Houston, I met Victor Araiza, Jorge Clara. They kind of, they, you know, very, they, you know, members of the media with a lot of experience. You know, they taught, they taught me how to interact with Wilmer Cabrera in a way where I can get one of the questions that I want answered in a way that doesn't really piss them off, right? Which I'm very grateful to. So if, Victor, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is why I just take the pretty pictures and hold the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, you know, it, um, he doesn't really have a lot of patience with the media, you know. So that's going to be interesting to see. It will be be also because, you know, the relationship that Jerson Echeverry had with the media, that what the Toros have been doing with the media to get them involved you know, now you're starting to see a lot more coverage from mainstream media like television and the newspapers and now the striker Texas, you know, covering the totals, you know, because the totals have reached out to them, making sure that they have what they need, you know, the the pictures, the articles, the information that they need in order to cover the, the totals effectively, trying to do that. Now you have uh, somebody who has a reputation for not being a real big fan of the media. I don't know how that's going to affect, you know, the relationship that was built by Jerson Echeverry. So there's, so there's that. Um, let's see. 
so Bobby says, thank you, Jerson, but I'd be okay with a coach not hanging with us as long as we start winning matches, beating SAFC, and making a run in Open Cup. Oof, that's another topic that I want to touch up upon real quick because that actually came out with uh, a couple of weeks ago regarding the U.S. Open Cup for this year. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, what we want is the team to win. And if it means sacrificing, you know, uh, the more interpersonal relationship between fans and coach for the sake of winning some more games, then I guess, I guess at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a very needy sacrifice. I don't know what you think. I'm all for that. That's the, you know, as far as like the team goes, you know, bottom line is they need to win. And that's something that hasn't been done for quite a while now. So I'd be all for it, you know, you know, so long as we still get to, you know, give our opinions on the subject and the matter and, and still being able to share our thoughts with the fans, you know, I'm cool with it. So how's it going, Harry? I'm telling you, orange looks good on Harry. May not like it, but yeah. Hell, I was even I was even going to admit that that black and red looks good too. That one podcast, remember? <laughs> Harry, can you hear us? I don't think he. I don't think he can. He can hear us right now. I think he's connecting to. Think he's connecting audio right now. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, so just really quick, uh, before we move on to the Tyler Derrick signing, um, one of the biggest pros about being independent is that now we are able to participate in the in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. However, a couple of weeks ago, there was a bit of news that came out uh, regarding the U.S. Open Cup, where Apparently, for 2021, it will be shortened. So, what was mentioned was that the... Oh, oh, okay, see. So, what was mentioned was that there was going to be uh, an opening round that will feature eight USL championship teams. That's it. Just eight USL championship teams out of how many, what, 30 some in the USL championship? Was there a qualifying criteria? That ha- I don't think that's been uh, that's been mentioned yet. Apparently, there's still a lot of details that need that need to be revealed. But what was revealed was eight USL championship teams, four open division teams, which I'm guessing is amateur. Uh, two USL League One teams and two NISA teams. Then the round of 16 will be uh, eight opening round winners, you know, the winners of the opening round, going up against eight MLS teams. That's it. That's going to be the that's going to be the number of participants that'll that'll be participating in the US Open Cup. So, don't be surprised if the if at least for 2021 the Toros don't participate in Open Cup. That's another one of those things where I feel it's going to be impossible. And I'm pretty sure the Toros, at the end of the day, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we are participating in Open Cup in 2021. It's like, huh? So, sorpresa me, RGVOC. 
It says the 24 qualifiers <laughs> still need to be selected and will be announced in the coming weeks uh, per U.S. Soccer. Normally, all uh, 24 MLS teams uh, would enter, though now only one-third will gain entry. But, uh, oh, he went to put on... Hey, how's it going, Harry? Harry is. I don't think we... Uh, Harry, can you hear us? Oh, we can't hear him. Try... Well, he's active right now on the Zoom meeting. Yeah, it show it shows that he he that his uh, microphone is active. But anyways, if you guys are wondering, uh, if you guys are wondering why why he's on, after like I mentioned in, in the beginning, he is a patron. He is a patron supporter, and so he does he deserves you know the the. Uh, can you hear me now? We can hear you now, Harry. How's it there going? There he is. Right. Took it off the Bluetooth. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that that that'll do it for you. Yeah, because uh, I'm at uh, AJ's soccer practice, so not not at the comfort level of uh, the home. It's all good. How's he doing? He's doing all right. Uh, his first year with club, so it's a learning experience uh, mm -hmm. for it here. And he's used to being able to do half effort, you know, with the rec league and with the club, uh, they require a little bit more. So I'm trying to figure if he's going to put in the effort or not for year two. So mm -hmm. we will see. Well, best of, best of luck to him uh, <laughs> uh, in, in this, in that new environment. And but hopefully, hopefully he'll become, he'll become successful there. But yeah. Harry, we were actually talking a bit right now about the uh, U.S. Open Cup changes for 2021. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts as somebody who is very, uh, uh, how can you say, experienced when it comes to learning about, all uh, lower division leagues uh, or mm -hmm. mostly all of them in the United States. Like what are your thoughts of the U S open cup being shortened? So initial thoughts was why does it have to be played in such a short period? And, you know, of course that has to do with MLS. Um, the other thing, you know, MLS gets eight, we get eight, um, or USL Championship gets eight, NISA gets two, uh, two uh, League One gets two. Um, the one that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was the uh, amateur teams, mm -hmm. you know, where they got four out of, what, 32, 36 possible, you know, possible entries. So I think for NISA, I think for League One, I think for USL Championship, you can come up with a way based on last year's results to pick eight teams mm -hmm. uh, for that here. So I think that's uh, something you can do. The little hitch that I don't think everybody's caught is the first round isn't guaranteed. And if the first round isn't played, you know, due to COVID, MLS still keeps the rate. USL goes down to four. Lisa and League One go down to one and two amateur teams. So then it gets even a little bit more trickier. Uh, for me, I think if I was going to do it, I would have added what to make it even where everybody comes in together. So what they have, what, 24 
I would have had, you know, added the other eight teams, but they would all been amateur teams and the professional teams would have went and played them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cause to me that would have gave a boost to the lower leagues, you know, to have an MLS team or USL championship team, you know, to come and support and, you know, to me, I think it would have been a good thing for U.S. soccer. Would have added one more game for MLS. That would have probably been their B team, most likely. And yeah, I think it was a missed opportunity. But if it has to be played in a short window, you know, you know, I don't know what other options that they had. You know, I think it sucks for, you know, you know, the Oakland route sucks for you guys. You know, just you know. Because Oakland Roots may have been one of the NISA candidates, but obviously them moving over to USL Championship, I don't see them selecting them. You know, how do you think that they'll select the teams? I think it would probably be the top. I think the the top four of the Western Conference that are el- that were eligible, you know, for US Open Cup, and the top four of the Eastern Conference uh, that are eligible for US Open Cup. I think that's the way the they would have uh, they would uh, do it. Uh, the question is, would they do it based on playoffs or would they do it based on the regular season? We know that Reno 1868 is uh, is gone now. F in the chat. So is St. Louis. St. So Louis was St. the Louis. other one. So is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this, this leads to a very difficult conundrum about what is considered fair uh, for selecting these uh, eight spots for USL Championship. It's one of the reasons why I think it's going to be near impossible for the Toros to make it to the Open Cup uh, in 2021. And the reason I'm mentioning this, guys, is because I don't want to hear later on on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram fans complaining why the Toros are not in the U.S. Open Cup when they said that now that we're independent, we're going to uh, we would have been, we should have been in U.S. Open Cup saying that Ron Patel doesn't keep his promises, yada, yada, yada. There's a reason why we're probably not going to make it, and I'm letting, I'm letting you all know right now. And guys, if you're listening to me right now, if you guys in the future see these kind of comments on Facebook, uh, on Facebook, be sure to put them in their place. Because there's no guarantee San Antonio is getting it. Because I think between, if you look at the four on the uh, four on the West, which is mainly what we look at, Phoenix, Phoenix is a lock. I think El Paso is a lock because they were in the final, assuming that they want to play. Then you're picking two out of three between Sacramento, New Mexico United, and San Antonio, if you're basing on the results. And that's discounting Tulsa, you know, and and the good season that they had last year. So if -hmm. you're looking just at the playoffs of, of who made it last year, now if they just do, you know, you know, pulling out, you know, pulling a numbers out of the hat type thing, pulling clubs out like that, then, you know, they better have video evidence of that. That's all I'm going to say, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, you know, just, you know, if, if San Antonio is not selected, you know, I know we'll be upset and, and it's going to happen when, you know, if RGV is not selected in their first year, it's people are going to be upset because that's, you know, how many years have you guys been looking to, to do the Open Cup, to be able to play San Antonio, be able to play like Laredo Heat, you know, along those lines, you know, that, you know, typically are, are in, you know, in the Open Cup. 
Yeah, de definitely. Uh, but I think that's one of the reasons why we have why we have this show, why we have this podcast. We're here to inform mm -hmm. uh, the fans about what we know. And I know I'm not. I don't know everything about lower league soccer, and I'll be the first to admit it. I'm learning as I go as well. And, you know, and having uh, a person like Harry, who is uh, very attentive, not only at down to the San Antonio uh, uh, team with that San Antonio FC, he also looks at you know down in RGV with down in the Valley, all around the USL Championship, NISA. And all these uh, all these other lower league teams. So he's got a he's got a general idea on what uh, the general consensus is uh, throughout uh, throughout uh, U.S. soccer. And so he's very he's very knowledgeable about the subject. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about when it comes to the U.S. U.S. Open Cup. Um, I know a lot of people are probably going to be disappointed about that, but I mean, there's really nothing we can we can do. And just because we are the new kids on the block per se, when it comes to eligibility for the Open Cup, is really no basis to to for us to earn that uh, that ticket into the Open Cup. So I guess for now, just keep folk, uh, keep waiting until twenty twenty two and see what happens uh, there. So I had any thoughts before we move on to Tyler Derrick? Mm, as far as the USL Open, the USL, as far as the US Open Cup goes, Harry, you had mentioned. If they were going to have the draw solely based off of playoffs, correct? That's all. That's to me. I think that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. Mm. I know another option would be just looking at the conference tables, who finished where. I think mm -hmm. that would be another viable option. And again, having the you know the names out of a hat kind of draw. The but, problem with that is Reno won Group A because remember last year they had them broke up between the eight groups. So yeah. if you took the group winners, that would be ideal with the exception you've got group A, which was won by Reno, and you just give them to Sacramento, um, you know, or, or you know, because, you know, they played what, you know, Timbers 2, uh, Tacoma, Reno, and, and Sacramento. So by default, you knew when the brackets or when, when the groups were released that – Sacramento and, and Reno were going to be the two two teams just you know just because the, the level in, in competition be, you know, between them so even going that path it's you know that there still leaves a hole that opens it up one other thing that um Jeff Reuter you know, on one of the New Mexico you know put up you know tweeted out that you know looking forward to you know New Mexico United's you know run into the open cup so you know, I asked him, hey, are you breaking news? And he didn't respond. So to me, if, if Jeff is tweeting something like that, it, you know, you almost got to think that New Mexico is going to be one of those slots, that, you know, that, you know, as well. And uh, they were not a group winner last year. If, if, if that, if that, if that t tweet does have some backing, which, you know, of course, you know, he, you know, I think he did it in jest, but usually he doesn't put something out there like that without having something some you know some foundation behind it so bobby asks in the chat uh, regarding the open cup he says is this because of covid of covid and then he says when this open in quotations cup begin so the reason why they're doing it is 
partly because of COVID, but I guess, and, and you might know this a little bit more with your MLS background, but there's with the gold cup, there's what? Uh, Qualifiers? The, the, well, the gold cup, well, gold cups this summer, right? I think so. There's a leagues cup between, I think, Liga MX and MLS as well, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole bunch of summer tournaments, you know, for MLS, and that's what it is, you know, for MLS competing teams, which is why it's being kind of, you know, pushed. Because I think it starts, what, in, you know, um, May. What, in May, you know, the first week, you know, you know, first week in May and ends at the end of June. So they're playing this in a two-month period. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the uh... – the announcement that was made by MLS regarding the open cup. And there's a quote here by the, the, about that. They say, as we looked at our scheduling options, the open cup committee first prioritized the health and safety of the players and decided against scheduling matches in both in both March and April due to the ongoing circumstances with the COVID-19 pandemic. U.S. open cup commissioner, Paul Marstaller uh, said in a release, we also took into consideration the extended June FIFA window and the CONCACAF and the CONCACAF Gold Cup taking place through August 1st, along with the semifinal and final rounds of the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League being scheduled in the fall. In the end, we all felt the shortened version for this year was the best format, and we're excited to have the opportunity to crown a, a champion after not being able to in 2020. So, so it's, basically, it's- Go ahead, Harry. It's ML- MLS, and you know, we, I go back and forth with my love-hate relationship with MLS, but it's them saying, "Hey, we've got too much other stuff going on." Plus, with them trying to play their normal season um, to fit a true Open Cup year, and that—that's to me, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Basically, saying, "Hey, this <laughs> is what we can do. You either love it or hate it." Pretty much. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for the for the fans, you know, that were anxiously waiting for this after, you know, like you mentioned, not having anything in 2020, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's just going to be disappointment. But at least for us with RGV, how many years have we been without an Open Cup? What's one more year? So, so here's the other thing that I don't like about it, and it's you know how they put how they word it. Usually, if you're the furthest team to advance in your group so you know you get twenty five thousand. so you got these four amateur teams that are going to qualify if no one advances then they don't nobody gets that twenty five thousand. so and to think of these you know the reason why i bring up the lower leagues is you know let's say you got a team like laredo that spent money two years ago to qualify didn't get didn't get to play last year because of covid this year, you know, they carried that over, but you're going to get passed, you know, passed for that. Or if you do get a play and you don't win and nobody else wins, you know, you still don't get that 25,000, which 25,000 for a lower league club like that is, you know, basically I think covers most of their season. So to me, that's the other thing where I think, you know, U.S. soccer, you know, or the U.S. Open Cup committee kind of failed, especially if you're going to, you know, reduce the fields eliminate you know majority of the amateur teams 
but if nobody wins or gets past it, then they're not even rewarding those teams that, that did make it instead of, you know, hey, split the 25000 however you want to do it, mm-hmm. but to not pay it, because we know if they don't pay it, it's either going back into U.S. soccer's, you know, wallet, or it's going to end up in MLS, you know, which may be one and the same. Pretty much. But, um, but yeah, so that's that was the news regarding Open Cup. Um, so, oh, can I make my comment on Wilmer? Because that's what I was trying to get in, and then yes, it yes, took yes, a yes, while yes. To figure it out. So, I think Wilmer's a good coach, but he's not. To me, he's like Alan Marcino was last year, where he's got the history, he's got some positive history, but he doesn't. You know, you know, he's not an Ian Russell type that's going to get the fan base excited. I don't think. Um, you know, along those lines here, but. I think, you know, as we saw last year with Marcina, you know, if you got a guy that knows how to coach, that knows the, uh, knows the area, knows what he's looking for, I, I, think, I think he'll do good. My only concern with him having both roles is how long does he plan on being the head coach? Is this going to be, you know, a one or two year and then he's going to move upstairs full time? You know, just, you know, or is, he, you know, is this going to be more long term? I think um, I think I could definitely see him uh, in the long term on the role, mostly because of, you know, the salary expectancies of a coach like Wilmer Cabrera. I feel like USL, if for just having one out of the two jobs, really isn't going to pay you as much as, they, as he was paid in, uh, by the Houston Dynamo in, in MLS. Mm-hmm. So... I feel I feel like maybe uh, having both roles will uh, fulfill his, his uh, salary needs in, in that aspect. So if that is the case, I don't see him, you know, stepping stepping down either one of the jobs to to move into specialize into something full time. Um, so I do see him in, in the long term, unless another MLS team comes knocking uh, knocking to take him, then we might see him leave. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I do see him long term in those in those two um, positions. Which is good. Yeah, I can see him long term. And how long? You know, that's up to that's up to the future and for him to decide or whatever the Toros uh, have planned for him. But yeah, I can see him long term as well. Guys, be sure to uh, like this video, share this with all of your friends. Be sure to subscribe to the channel if you have not done so, or like us on Facebook if you haven't done so either and you're watching us from Facebook Live. Um, but let's move on to the next topic, unless you have something else to talk about, Wilmer Cabrera, Harry? No, that was it. Uh, I'm not shaking in my boots. Uh, you know, I know, I forget whether it was Caesar or you that made that comment. Um, I think that... I... I I liked your coach. I liked Gerson last year. Um, you know, I kind of felt he got a raw deal. Um, but I do think that Wilmer, you know, is is a quality coach. Um, we'll see what kind of players he brings in, which I know we're going to, you know, start with the first one, which um, I find interesting. Uh, but I'll wait till you, you know, do your introduction and, and your spill first uh, before you mind two cents. Sure. By the way, you also did mention in a previous episode something about the lines of this isn't 2016 USL anymore. 
regarding this is not 2016 usl that is correct but if you if you're coached in mls and my issue is more and it comes from you know listening to you is more how he treats the media and, and you know you know with you and, and ray along those lines um you know i'm hoping with you know that that you'll still have the open access and and you know the ability to to bring him on you know you know you know in in the future because i think that to me that's what separates rgv from san antonio is rgv is very open very you know media friendly where you know i hate to say it san antonio you know it's the spurs you know you know unless you're one of the big news networks, you know, you very rarely get that same access. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for down in the Valley, that's my concern, you know, with, you know, just from your past experience here, um, will Wilmer be as open with you guys, um, you know, as, as the previous, uh, previous coach was. I guess, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of unanswered questions at at, at this point, but there's still time for uh, the beginning of preseason. I guess we'll we'll see how how he interacts with the media in general. Hopefully, he's learned from his mistakes and he's worked to be a lot more a lot more open with the media. But let's move on to the final topic of today, since we are past eight o'clock right now. Uh, so today at uh, three p.m. Um, RGVFC announced their first uh, independent signing um, since uh, the beginning of this new era as an independent club. Uh, goalkeeper, very well known in the Dynamo world, uh, Tyler Derrick, <clears throat> uh, Houston Dynamo homegrown, um, is back with the Toros, but this time it's for keeps. Uh, previously, he... Oh, Tyler Derrick would come down. I know he came down in 2016 because, excuse me, the first Taurus game that I attended, uh, Tyler Derrick was at, was on goal back in 2016, back in the UTRGB fields. Uh, he came back, the latest time he came to the Toros was in 2019 after his uh, personal uh, off-the-field um, situation issues. issues happened once he got reinstated by mls he was loaned down to the houston dynamo for six games um and then returned to to the houston dynamo he gets released in 2019 was a free agent since then uh and now he has signed his contract with the rgv uh, toros to be the first independent signing of the club um so I said, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, on this particular signing. Well, I know it's not what we were expecting. I know a lot of people had high hopes for something like a maybe a midfielder or even a striker as the first independent signing. But I know down here during his time, Tyler Derrick had a pretty good run as you know, as our goalkeeper, you know, I attended some of those games that year, not too many, but you know, when the ones I was fortunate enough to go to, he showed a lot of promise. And I know as fans, we were pretty excited. Well, not excited, but um, grateful that, you know, the Dynamo had sent him down and that year, who was our starting goalkeeper back then? 2016. 
Callum yeah. Irving. There we go. I know he was a big fan favorite, but you know when they did send him down, um, he showed great promise. And again, I wasn't expecting him to be the first independent signing, but in a way, I'm glad he was because he's had experience with them before. So, you know, he's shown us what he can do and hopefully he'll, you know, continue to deliver what he did back then to what he, to what he's been uh, going to be able to do now. Harry. So to me, I broke it up in two sites um, on the field. In my opinion, a huge improvement from last year. So, you know, that's the positive. To me, the the two negatives that I have uh, for here, number one, to be the first signing with, unfortunately, with the baggage that he has. I almost would have rather had him as the second signing just because you know, I still remember Carlo uh, Alvarez was the first signing for San Antonio FC. It's something that you're going to remember. It's 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 a name that's there, and you know, I'm all for giving second chances. And and you know, I know you're more well versed on on you know his story than I am. Mm-hmm. Just to me, it's it, it kind of puts an asterisk on it. Number two. <sighs> And, and I know this is, you know, this is something that just kind of caught me um, off is I would have liked to seen the first independent player not be from Houston, um, not coming from the Dynamo. And, and I know he's not directly coming from the Dynamo, but he has, you know, you know, the, from my understanding, he didn't play last year, you know, since he was released. Right. So his mm-hmm. last team was was the Dynamo. But. To me, those are, are small things, and, and like I said here, it's what he's going to do on the field, which um, obviously he's a MLS starting, you know, caliber goalie. Um, so, you know, for, you know, for RGV, you know, you have to like what he's going to bring, you know, between, between the pipes. And, you know, I'm assuming RGV is probably going to bring in, you know, you, know, you know, some younger backup goalkeepers. And for him to be able to kind of train, you know, be able to, you know, be a mentor to be able to train them, I think is going to be a huge positive, you know, for RGV, you know, depending on how they fill out the rest of the roster. Yeah. Uh, so, so Alex, that was another. Yeah, go ahead. That was another thing that I really wasn't expecting that our first signing would actually be a Houston, uh, a Dynamo player. I mm-hmm. thought it would be somebody who's been with uh, RGV for the longest time. But, or, at, or at least a U.S. veteran. Yeah, yeah. Someone Somebody who's, not affiliated with with Houston's. Yeah, yeah. And it that almost, was my next expectation. Or, it, you know. it almost seems like, for example, even with the Wilmer Cabrera signing, it almost seems like, at least for these two uh, announcements, they kind of went with the easy route. Of, they went the safe. Yeah, with the safe route. The safe route mm-hmm. of getting what you already know for the key, uh, I guess the, the the key positions, head coach, now goalkeeper, go with what you already know, go with what's already been established with uh, MLS experience. And then you can kind of build around that. I think it's a way that we're seeing, especially with the small uh, time between the time they need to make signings and then preseason coming up. So go with what's safe right now and then kind of uh, fill it up as you go with Good, uh, good talent. Like I said, we'll see what happens. But another thing that I do, um, 
want to talk about it. I'll talk about it before. Let me go real quick to Facebook. Um, so Alex Santeno says, I still think Tyler Derrick has something to offer with him only being 32. He may mm -hmm. not be truly MLS capable, but I think he's still quality. Also, the experience will definitely help with directing the younger defenders and teaching the younger goalies, which is something that you brought up. Uh, but my only, my, my, not only concern, but my concern as well on the pitch when it comes to Tyler Derrick is the fact that since he got released by the Houston Dynamo till now, he hasn't really been active, you know, playing professionally. Now, I know there's still time for him to kind of work up on preseason, but my concern is how is that downtime going to affect his skill? Like whenever you stop doing something, you know, at a hundred percent, uh, at a hundred percent for a while, you kind of get rusty. You kind of lose some of that. Like, for example, this a video game. Let's say a video game. When you stop playing it for like, maybe like a week and you go back to playing it, like you, you lose, you know, the, uh, your finger memory, you know, on how to, on how to play it. Yeah. Racing or racing Sims. And so I, that's my concern about Tyler Derrick. The fact that he hasn't been active for a while. How is that going to affect him once he gets back into action? The only thing that I would say on that is last year was such a odd year where there was what, 14, 15 games. Mm. If you were going to take a year off, that was the year to do it just because not, you know, I know you still get the practice reps and stuff like that, but you know, the game action and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we don't know what he was doing last year. If he was coaching, working part of an Academy, you know, that type of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, so I think that does kind of, you know, does kind of matter, but if you were going to miss a year, you know, to me last year, what, you know, you know, with all the craziness and stuff, would be the year to, to miss just because, you know, it wasn't a normal year to start with. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the best of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. I guess you can say, cause I know, and we'll get to it right now when, uh, with Alex's other comments, by the way, thank you all for participating uh, in the chat. Really appreciate y'all's uh, feedback and interaction. Let's keep doing that. So sloth says first season being free from dynamo wrath, hire ex dynamo coach and a player. <laughs> Sounds logical. Well, he didn't say that. I added that. But I think I think the idea is that it's like we expected uh full independence and it's like, oh look, your first signings are from the team that you hated the most. But but that's why I say if 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 they would have announced him second, I don't think we would be having this discussion. But because he's the first first announced, you know, the quote historic uh you know signing uh you know for you know from RGV to to me I, I I was I was a little bit surprised that it was a former dynamo player. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. But then again, they're going the safe route like we had mentioned. Right. I think given the circumstances, I I, I think that's kind of what the thought process was in hiring uh, uh, Tyler Derrick. After all, I mean, 
not saying he he's a bad keeper. He's a, he's a good keeper. He he. I think the fact that a lot of people, a lot of Dynamo fans remember him fondly about his his skill, I think it really says a lot. I mean, a lot of a lot of eyes Dynamo fans, and some of them never even like I have never seen them comment about the Toros are now looking at the Toros. So I think I think that could be a, a good thing in order to kind of garner the attention for the team that the Dynamo failed to do for all, all of these years. But I guess we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll see how he returns. Um there's also the whole uh off of the pitch issues that I hope he leaves behind. Uh and yes, I'm all for I'm all for second chances, but I know a lot of people that will continuously remind everybody about about his past. Uh, so I'm willing. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he uh, commands off the pitch. Uh, I feel like what happened was a wake up, wake up call to him to kind of fix uh, fix his path, and hopefully he learn. Hopefully he learned from his mistakes. I think if if there's a third time, I think in uh, people are just that's it. You know, you know that's three strikes and uh, three strikes and you're out. You know you've been given opportunities to to become a better person and if you fail to do it then that that's that's on you uh, but hopefully it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't lead to that uh, so my dad says uh, the greatest the great keepers win games and build from the back so I guess it's I guess it's the good thing it's, they're starting to build that uh as we say that uh spinal cord you know uh of the formation uh, but I wish they didn't. I wish they didn't do drip feed though, like one at a time. It's like I was what I was expecting. I said minimum, like maybe like four players to be announced today. But, I thought they would do at least. I thought they would do two or three. I was surprised by just the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then uh, Alex Centeno says, I mean, he was out for a while after he was arrested, right? So after he was arrested for the second time. Um, he was arrested in Halloween night. <laughs> um, go figure. Uh, and I think it was eight months before MLS allowed him to be reinstated mm-hmm. into eight, nine months before he was reinstated by uh, Major League Soccer. He gets loaned down to RGV right after he gets reinstated. Um, he plays six games for the Toros. He goes back to the Dynamo, plays an Open Cup match um, with the Houston Dynamo. Then in the off season, they bring in the Dynamo, bring in Marco Maric. They sell uh, uh, Joe Willis to Nashville SC, and they release Tyler Derrick. Um, and now he's back. So yeah, he was gone for a long time after his arrest. So I guess I guess he, there's at least there's a background in what we can expect. From him, uh, from him uh, returning after this uh, hiatus. Um, so, guys, do you got anything more that you would like you would like to add? So, my question. Uh, go ahead, Caesar. No, I was just saying that. No, I got nothing else to add. So, my question to you, even with the time off, do you think he's better than the goalies that you had last year? Yes, by far. 
So then it, taking the off-field issues aside, it's a, it's a win for to, – to me, it's a big win for, uh, you know, for RGV, you know, because you're getting probably a top 10 USL championship goalie, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, to, you know, to start out with, and, and I know there's there's some there. I'd, you know, uh, I, I I love Matt Cardoni, but you know, I, I'd probably say you know the, you know the RGV keeper, you know, is is going to be, be you know is better, even taking a year off than Cardoni is, um, mm-hmm. and 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 Matt's a good good goalie, but he's not a great goalie. Where I think you're, go- you know, where I, I think he, you know uh, he has the potential if he can dust off the rust and stuff and, uh, you know, to, to be, uh, to be great, you know, to me, it's just, to me, like I said here, it's uh, on the pitch. I think it's a big win. Uh, just the timing issue of it, you know, you know, is, is the part that I think some of us that, you know, may have issues with the baggage would have preferred not to be the, the, uh, the first, you know, first signing, but it's done. So, um, I do have to say that right before he was arrested, he was actually MLS's goalkeeper of the month. Yeah, he was, yeah. you know, with their all-star level, he was, he was a top tier MLS, you know, goal. He wasn't just somebody that, you know, was, you know, mid, mid or, or, you know, bottom of the league. He was one of the, one of their best goalies through there and, and he's got that talent that's why to me him taking the time off you know is assuming that he's still got the worth ethic and and you know he's trying to you got to figure he's you know because goalies have a little bit you know longer life shelf you know than than field players mm-hmm. you know he's hoping to have one great year down in rgv to possibly turn that into another another paycheck in mls or you know a, you know a, you know another league out you know that pays a little bit more so Alex Centeno also says he was getting talks of being on the national team before he got arrested. So mm-hmm. we know that kind of quality Tyler Derrick is. Uh, Tyler Derrick has the potential to have. You know, the fact that he was being t- uh, tossed around as a name to be called up to the national team, that kind of shows how talented he is as a goalkeeper. And hopefully we can see that in this 2021 season with the Toros. Can you imagine having that kind of player? I've seen... Except for uh, poor old uh, Tim Howard. <laughs> oh, my God. But can you imagine how somebody of a similar or a little bit lower of the, of the caliber of Tim Howard, you know, but having that in the USL championship, that kind of talent in the USL championship, I think that's I think that's great for the league and obviously, more importantly, great for the team and great for the rivalry against San Antonio. Well, you had that in Ochoa up in uh, with Real Monarchs last year. You know, we, we were fortunate enough to, you know, the first game to be able to watch him. And, you know, Real Monarchs weren't that great of a team, but when he was between the pipes, you know, he just raised that level. And, you know, obviously I'm a San Antonio FC fan first, but, you know, you know, me and Edson's gone, you know, gone back and forth, you know, for the health of RGV, you know, you guys need to have, you know, at least a, a semi good year to be able to, you know, start, you know, to me to be able to start to replace the orange seats with actual butts in the seat. So. Mm. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that once we started talking about uh, Tyler Derrick, the chat just like lit up. 
Uh, Sloth <laughs> says, I even remembered when he played with RGB back in 2019, somebody yelled something at him. You guys can read it in the chat. You know, uh, it says, you're right about people not liking the signing. And we've seen a couple of comments on social media so far that have voiced their displeasure. They are in the minority, though. But the displeasure is there uh, about the particular situation. All I expect, like I said, leave this behind. Let's see what you can let's see what you can bring on the field. Um, Brian Sandoval says first season, first season independent, uh, first season independence picks new coach and signs players. Houston left out to dry. Sounds like spit in the face vengeance to me. Mm. That would have been more Charlie Ward if I was going to go that path, which obviously he's already re-signed back in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's 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 too early to say. Um, just for the fact that I want I want to see how. RGV uh, fills out the roster. Um, and I also want to see how the bold fill out the roster because I think El Pat, you know, for, you know, Copa Teos purposes, um, I think San Antonio is looking, you know, obviously I think they're looking well, obviously I'm a fan, but I think most people would agree that the signings they brought in have, have been good. Mm. Um, El Paso is always tough and, and, you know, they're bringing in quality players. Um, the bold bringing in uh, Jason Johnson, uh, Omar Gordon and Ola, was it Ola, Olaki, uh, Sean Olaki, uh, you know, what the 2016 uh, USL MVP, I think it was. Uh, so they're bringing in some firepower, but uh, I, I'm, I still don't know if Austin's going to, you know, going to be there. So I do think uh, RGV has that, has, has that potential depending on how they fill out that roster to make, uh, you know, to make this very interesting, you know, uh, and, and to me, like I said here, I could see them, you know, taking San Antonio out of the equation here, uh, you know, being up there if they can, if they can get the depth right, um, being up there with El Paso and, and passing Austin, you know, fairly easy um, mm. for that. Yeah, I guess, like I said, we only have four players, so really that we have nothing to base ourselves on. To compare ourselves to other teams, much less San Antonio, when it comes to Copa Tejas, you know, first impressions from someone at the outside. I think uh, San Antonio have gotten some decent talent to try to fight to be competitive for a playoff position in 2021, and I think that'll be the minimum standard to to what the Toros uh, can do for 2021 because. 2020, you guys passed us in, in games one, you know, in this head-to-head between both clubs. And I think as an organization, we're a little, uh, or they're a little bit butthurt and us as fans even more about that particular in about that particular instance. We can say all we want about it's our worst season, the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, stats are stats. And oh, I thought it was a great season for you guys. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. There it is, everybody. There it is. Um, so real quick, um, before we wrap up the show, uh, just some quick stats about Tyler Derrick. Um, so he did debut back in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. He was the first uh, Di- uh, Dynamo homegrown to actually debut 
and uh, he actually in his debut received a shutout. He got a shutout against. I know it's in the press release right here. Let me get that for you. Um, yeah, he debuted in 2010 against uh, San Jose, recording three saves to get to earn the shutout. First homegrown goalkeeper in MLS history to record a shutout on his debut. Um, he only played two games in 2010 uh, for 180 minutes. Uh, what else? Shutouts one. Uh, saves. He got eight saves in total. Uh, only one goal against. Uh, he started getting more minutes uh, in 2014 and 2015. 2015 being the the year where he had most the most games. He had uh seven shutouts in 2015 89 saves in total that season 44 goals against and then in 2016 he played 10 games with four shutouts 31 saves then 2017 he started getting more minutes again with uh wilmer cabrera with six shutouts in those 26 games 76 saves 31 goals against so and then 2018 he only played two games because then he was um i think w joe willis was the, was the one who earned the the spot in 2018 the starting position uh for zero shutouts only seven uh saves in those two games 2019 he played seven games with 19 saves in those seven games So it looks good on paper. It looks good on paper. And then when you take into the factor that really the Houston Dynamo really wasn't the greatest defenses ever. And, you know, in MLS. Uh then it, I think it just goes it goes to show that I mean he can do he can do the work. If you put a good uh if you can put a good line in front of him, I think this team will I think this team will, will be very competitive in USL championship. Uh, but that's just basing ourselves on on the keeper, you know. So we can do a more in depth analysis as we start getting more signing and uh, signing announcement. Um, but guys, you guys want to add anything? Maybe even even if it isn't related to Tyler Derek before we sign off. Yeah. So uh, I just I just want to say and and you know like I said here number one. Uh, Edson, thank you for doing the show here and, you know, with Ray and, uh, the rest of the gang, uh, on here, just uh, like I said here, I think the work you do is, is awesome and has been awesome. Um, you know, for RGV where, you know, outside of you and Ray, nobody's real, you know, at least in my coverage has really kind of stepped up, but, you know, I guess there's, you know, an, the other show that's came on. Uh, I guess in the last year or so, but uh, obviously you're the grandfather of, of the RGV coverage. Um, second of all, um, and I know you guys started out the show with this here, but uh, uh, want to thank uh, you know all the uh, you know HEB workers and, and grocery store workers, the um, you know CPS workers here in San Antonio, you know you know the you know saws the you know the people that did the do the electrical and water on getting power back up, getting water back on, you know, cause you know, I know over in Houston, you guys, I don't know if you guys were impacted by a lot of power outages, but I know you guys were impacted with the water. Um, but, you know, I know have some friends that are in that line of work and, and they put in some really long hours. So um, yeah, I think for all of Texas here, we want to, you know, thank them for, you know, for their efforts and stuff. Uh, 
because um, it definitely was not an easy job, you know, no matter where you were at in the state of Texas last week. Hey, if you want to say thank you to an HEB worker, I'm living with one right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, so. honestly, like, uh, I can't, I think the degree is to uh, what I'm grateful for all of those workers. I mean, I can't explain it because mm. this is a something that has really never happened before in the state of Texas, especially that that far south, for it to affecting the Rio Grande Valley as well, and the work that they that that they put in to to kind of help others in need uh, when the, when it appeared that our governments were failing us or the people mostly in charge of controlling the power grid, et cetera, et cetera, were failing us. You know, they stepped up and helped uh, the the people in their time of need. I'm eternally grateful for all of their work and, and all of their contributions. Um, having said that, guys, please, if you guys can, Support your local food bank, the mm -hmm. RGB Food Bank, San Antonio Food Bank, the Houston Food Bank. I know I'm eternally grateful also if you guys donated to the initiative that the Houston Dynamo and Dash players did to help the, the people in the area of Houston. I think it Austin was, FC also came out with one, and I think so did FC Dallas. FC Dallas, uh, if you if, if y'all can stepped up here. If you all contributed to that. Thank you, thank you. And I'm, I feel like the people that are really affected by this are eternally grateful uh, about mm -hmm. all of all of your help. Um, this is where we show up and prove that we're for our community. People can just say, oh, I love my community, blah, 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 in the good times. But in the bad times, this is what, that's where you need to show you know, how committed you are to, to your people. And I, like I said, it's, it's amazing what we can do. We, the people can do for, uh, for, for all of us. So guys, thank you so much for, for all of that. Um, one quick, um, comment from Brian Sandoval. I would love to see if RGV uses this season to poke, to focus on building a rift with Houston, then focus on lame ass Spurs FC. That is the season oh. we deserve. This is our team now. I know you're sorry about that, Harry, but that's what it said. I disagree with that. And this is why I disagree. When are we going to go against Houston Dynamo? Two different, uh, it's two different leagues. The only time we can ever probably on paper play against them is in the U.S. Open Cup or in preseason. Mm-hmm. Why should we focus on effort, our efforts on creating a rivalry against a team we're rarely going to play? Sure, we hate the way they they ran the Toros, but that's an issue with front office. Here's the reason why. It's the same way with Austin, Austin FC for San Antonio is because you think that they kept you from reaching your potential, you know, through there. So, you, you know, it's... It's, you know, you know, with, with, you know, I already know when San Antonio faces Austin FC, it's, you know, it wouldn't shock me. And, and I, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but it wouldn't shock me if there's fights in the stands. Just, Ouch. and I just, 
there there is a lot of sour grapes and you know we both know that uh you know you know i still remember the first game between rgv and, and safc at the what, the utrgv campus where i believe there were a few of our supporters and probably a few of your supporters that unfortunately did not finish the game so uh, I can expect that to happen again. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think uh, supporters wise that that's kind of chilled out quite a bit, you know, uh, you know, you know, from there, because, you know, there's a lot more respect and, and stuff. And, you know, both of us have landed that, fa landed that foundation that, you know, you know, that RGV is, is always going to play San Antonio tough, even, you know, even when they had, you know, Daddy Dynamo. Uh, now they don't have Danny Dynamo, so we can see if they can uh, handle their own um, or if they're still going to lean on Daddy Dynamo like it seems like they're doing. Uh, or, um, you know, and of course, San Antonio FC, you know, we're, you know, you know, it's, it's, I won't lie to you, it's kind of surprised me on how well that uh, the two front offices kind of keep that, that rivalry going on um, as far as for USL. But I do think, you know, when it comes to MLS, that when it comes to the Dynamo RGV relationship, those games are, you know, those games are going to be physical. You know, they're, you know, you guys are going to be, you know, have that chip on your shoulder to where, you know, the reason why we didn't have success was because of X. And we already know from, you know, from our good friend, Sean, that, uh, you know, they feel that, hey, we gave RGV everything that they could want. So. You know that. Am I lying? You're not. You're not. So. But let him think. Let him think what he wants. <laughs> you know, there's a saying in Mexico that says, "El que ríe al último ríe mejor." He who laughs the last laughs better. And I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to get. He's probably going to get surprised about how how better we're we're going to be. And if we ever meet in the in in the Open Cup. Especially down in RGV at HEB Park. Yeah. Could you imagine? You can't tell me that, you know, the stampede, that section will probably be the fullest that it's probably ever been outside of maybe the first couple of games, uh, you know, when the stadium opened up and, and last year, uh, or, or not last year, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, when we opened up HEB Park and then when uh, uh, the first year, 2016, when, you know, when you guys, you know, had that good run, but, you can't tell me that Houston coming down, um, that stadium will be packed and it will be loud uh, and it won't be cheering for the Dynamo like many anticipate that it would be. Mm -hmm. Do the SpongeBob narrator one year later. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if we if the Toros do get. Uh, former Dynamo players into the squad and the Toros become successful. I wonder if that's going to add fuel to the fire, fire to the Dynamo haters that have said that the Houston Dynamo has, uh, can be, is a USL championship team that just happened to be in MLS. Can you imagine that? That's all I'm going to say. Cause if, if Sean says something like that, that's my rebuttal. If we can, if, if we, are successful in the Houston Dynamo uh, with ex-Houston Dynamo players, 
What does that mean about their level compared to the rest of MLS? Just leaving it bouncing out there. But guys, thank you so much for, for tuning in tonight on the show. Once again, a quick reminder, a big thank you to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC, and Natural Beauty Spa. Uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, check out all of their products uh, on their websites. Uh, be sure to also uh, check out our podcast, uh, our audio podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Anchor.fm. Um, be sure if you guys want to be part of this monthly patreon invitational show be sure to uh be sure to uh subscribe to us on patreon choose uh choose any of the the top two uh tiers whether the hashtag blame medicine uh tier which is five dollars a month or the rep the 956 tier which is nine dollars and 56 cents a month uh you all get the opportunity every every month to participate in these kinds of shows. Hopefully we can get more patrons uh, of the ones that are currently our patrons to uh, join us ne next month. This has been a very, very interesting uh, idea to once again, you know, reach out to the fans and make sure that, that they, uh, that we interact with them. I think it's a, it's a really, really good initiative. Um, but like I said, like all of this, all of this money is dedicated specifically just for the use of the podcast uh so um there's i do have one last bone one last thing to uh do yes for the other subscribers that, that qualified for this where are you why is a san antonio fc fan the only one that comes on what is that you know how does that happen come on if you're subscribing to edson's show which is a great show the down the valley step up and be part of it that's that's the only way this is going to grow and build that fan base uh, you know, down, down in the Valley is, is from participation, you know, from, you know, from everybody, uh, for that here, it's awesome, you know, that with the chat there, but you know, if, if you're giving Edson, you know, you know, a couple of bones here and there, take him up on the, on, on these here, it, it only makes the show better. And, you know, as a SAFC fan, you know, I, I don't really like talking about RGV, but you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do that to, you know, and throw in a few jabs there, but, uh, <laughs> next, next show, there's gotta be at least, you know, two other, you know, two other RGV, you know, uh, subscribers, fans, um, calling you out, Johnny, uh, you know, you know, you better be on the next one. Um, you know, for that here, you know, of course, if possible, uh, for that here, but, uh, I saw him in the chat. So, uh, there was no reason for him not to hop on. If I can do it, you know, you know, from the car in the kids' soccer practice, um, there's no excuse. So be sure to jump, hop in to patreon.com slash down in the RGV. Subscribe to any of the three uh, tiers. Um, <laughs> if you, if you, there's the $2, $5, and the 956 one. Also, if you subscribe to the hashtag rep, the run 956 tier, the top one, you have the opportunity to to win an, an authentic, uh, well, an, an official RGVFC jersey, as well as participating in an end of the year roundtable show with us members of the podcast. So uh, be sure to, if you guys have the ability to do so, and you guys want to help us out financially, be sure to uh, get a look at, take a look at our Patreon page. Um, but guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, YouTube chat. If you guys missed any part of the show, you can check out our audio podcast. 
or you can also watch the uh, the replay of the video right after the uh, the stream ends and finishes processing. Check out our website, ditvpodcast.com. Follow us on all of our social media at down to the RGV on Instagram, Twitter, and of course, facebook.com slash down in the RGV on Facebook. Uh, my, you can follow me on my personal, uh, Twitter account at Eochoa underscore eight and on Instagram Edson or Eochoa DITV eight on Instagram. Cesar, where can they find you? Y'all can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Cesar Cortez. And you can find me on, uh, on my Twitter. My Twitter handle is court underscore easy. And on my Instagram, which is, uh, courts golfing. That's another, uh, that's another thing that I do on the side, as well as the Down in the Valley podcast. Harry, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at uh, Ramincol, R-A-M-I-N-C-O-L. Um, and we also do the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable show uh, for that here, which I think is probably going to be airing most likely on Mondays uh, this week on YouTube and Twitter and stuff like that. I'm sorry I don't have that handy with me uh, in the car, but... Uh, uh, probably the easiest way uh, to get me is uh, Ram and Call um, on Twitter. And uh, as everybody knows, I am not very shy on Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared for that banter, guys. If you guys interact with Harry, be prepared for that banter because he's got the experience about it. But now nah, he's a cool guy. Well, to I, he's a cool guy. To I, lo- I lose a little bit, especially with. Uh, um with the stampede guys uh they've they've zinged me a couple of times and uh it's very fair uh and uh ray always seems to be uh you know the sneak attack um because you know he does quality work uh, but he'll put in those zingers that you you know there's really no way to go back on ray but uh (laughs) um jacob and his and his racing you know like said here that's uh that's the interesting one uh you know that that's you know out of the down the valley guys uh to try to you know try to to try to banter with just because you know you know he's what an aggie fan and he's racing and it's just like uh you know he's a A jets fan (laughs) i'm sorry mike i know you're a jets fan too but (laughs) it was low hanging fruit yeah and guys, on behalf of Ray Silva, who couldn't be here, and of course, Jacob Young, um, who couldn't be here as well, we thank you all for your support of the Down in the Valley. Hopefully, we could we, we can be on next week as well to talk, hopefully, about another signing. Uh, but now that things are starting to pick up, pick up with Taurus News, uh, we're going to be a lot more consistent uh, with our shows. Um, I don't, I still don't know if I'm going to continue going with the, with the Thursday schedule. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes, but if we Please start Wednesday. going, <laughs> but, Please Wednesday. but, um, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll depend, but more than likely it'll be Wednesdays, uh, as we have usually have done it, uh, since uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, but guys, thank you so much like for your Thursday. support. AEW is on on Wednesday. Say again. That I like that Thursday. AEW is on on Wednesday. <laughs> it also depends a lot on the availability on the rest of the guys. So yeah. uh, there, there's this. Uh, Johnny says San Antonio Spurs Rec League team. There it is, everybody. Guys, thank you so much. I've got to let you all go because it's starting to be 9 o'clock. But we'll see you all next week. Um, everybody, take care. Be safe. Wear your mask. Drink plenty of water. And uh, we'll see you on our next show. Have a good night, guys.
Bye.